Today I'm talking with Kevin Byrne, Barrister at Law. Kevin recently gave a talk at the Southeastern Circuit CPT Conference about wellbeing and lifestyle, and we thought it would be a good idea to talk more with Kevin and ask him to give some additional information for fellow barristers to help them enjoy a better life with less stress and more balance. We hope after listening to this podcast, you can take away a few ideas to make small changes that can make a big difference to your life. Hello, Kevin. Kevin, would you like to tell us a little bit about your daily life before making changes to how you live and then after making those changes? Uh, Good morning or good afternoon, depending on what time you're listening to the podcast. So I suppose I've spoken in the lectures previously about what precipitated my change to a healthier lifestyle. And I suppose that the key was I was in my mid 40s. I was overweight. I was stressed out. I'm married. I have three children and just had a very hectic lifestyle. And uh, I wasn't feeling well. I, I was under incredible stress. So Probably to make up for that, I was drinking a lot of caffeine, uh, would have been eating a lot of sugar, uh, all the foods that are unhealthy and bad for you. Uh, On top of that, I had a lot of gastric problems, uh, a lot of stomach upset, acid reflux, and uh, I was just generally in a poor condition. Uh, And I suppose one of the things I found out is that if you're under chronic stress, uh, it causes your adrenal glands, which are on top of your kidneys, to be firing all the time and that leads to probably what's known as chronic fatigue syndrome and I would have thought I was a classic candidate of uh, suffering from chronic fatigue syndrome. I was finding it hard to get out of bed in the morning. I was able to function normally. I was busy at work but uh, had a lot of aches and pains, a lot of inflammation in my body Uh, and I suppose I just got to the stage where I just said look something has to change and and I said let's look at uh, all elements of my life, uh, just to take a look, I suppose, a root and branch approach. Uh, And then I suppose the other factor that was very crucial was my nephew sadly died tragically in a car accident at the age of 21. And I suppose that was the final nail in the coffin for me. I just, it it just really knocked me for six. Uh, And uh, I just said, look, I have to do something to, to change my life. And initially I went to the GP after all, I was feeling like this for months and months, probably maybe even years. And uh, the doctor told me that I was feeling depressed. I said, well, (laughs) I won't disagree with you there. And he wanted me to take uh, antidepressants. And uh, I'm not a big fan of medication. I wanted to look at what the the root cause was rather than to try and medicate it. Uh, And I suppose the other thing he recommended to me was, he said, look, if you're not a fan of medication, he said, why don't you go and talk to somebody? Uh, And for those of you who don't know me, my primary degree was in psychology. So I've always had an interest in uh, psychology uh, and how the mind works. So I said, look, that's not going to do me any harm. If anything, it might do me uh, some good. So I went to see a psychotherapist and uh, I found that very beneficial. uh, And I would recommend therapy to probably everybody. It's not going to do you any harm. If anything, it's going to give you more insight into how your mind works. And I suppose as part of the therapy, you look at every facet of your life. Uh, Now, my therapist wouldn't have much interest in nutrition, but I have a very keen interest in nutrition and and exercise. Uh, And I just said, well, what changes can I make to my life? Uh, And I suppose the first one I did was just start to eat healthier. And I suppose the more research I did, the more I found that I suppose I'm now following a vegan diet or a plant-based diet and the rationale behind that is uh, I suppose that great line we are what we eat 
quite literally, the cells in your body are made up of the fuel that you put into your body. Uh, and if you're eating healthy, organic, fresh, whole foods, you know, fruit and vegetables, you're going to feel better. So I said I would give that a try. And I, I can only say it's miraculous to, to change. And um, because plant-based diet, uh, it alkalizes your body. Uh, dairy and meat have a tendency to make your body acidic. Uh, and that causes inflammation in your body. Uh, and, you know, it just adds extra stress uh, on your body. Uh, I know I spoke briefly at the lecture about nutritional stress and the stress that uh, food has on your body. And uh, as a classic example, I'd say I've had maybe four or five cups of coffee this year. Uh, I don't drink coffee on a regular basis at all. And uh, as an experiment, I had a coffee on Wednesday of this week and then I had a terrible night's sleep Wednesday night. Um, now, it's, I love coffee, but it just has it just stimulates me too much, you know, now that I don't drink coffee on, on a regular basis. And so I started by cutting out caffeine just to see how my sleep went, because uh, I know I spoke about it in the lecture and I suppose it's something we can discuss today. I mean, the three key elements are exercise, diet and sleep are the three key areas where I think you just have to make little changes. Uh, to, to reap huge rewards. So I, I, I didn't go 100% vegan overnight. It all was a very gradual process over about six months. I just started cutting back on my meat intake uh, and went from eating meat every day to eating meat probably every second day. And then as time went by, I just started cutting out meat and then I started cutting out dairy. I used to have terrible sinus problems as well. Uh, and uh, since I gave up dairy, the sinus problems have, have cleared up. Those listening may not be willing or able to make huge changes to their diet, to their exercise. So, and you obviously did it quite gradually as well, um, to the point now where you don't eat meat and dairy and so on. But I suppose, could you give a couple of examples of even small changes that people could make that would make a big difference? Yeah, well, I suppose go on meat-free one day a week. You could start something sim simple like that and then just see how how you feel, you, you definitely, for di gastric or digestive problems, it's so much easier to, to digest uh, and assimilate uh, plant-based foods. You don't get the, you know, and you get your energy much quicker. Uh, and I suppose the other thing to try and cut back on is uh, sugar, you know, refined sugars, uh, chocolate, and uh, you know, just white sugar is really bad for you. It just makes your blood sugar levels spike. Uh, and then afterwards you crash. Uh, and I suppose it's to keep the, the crashes out of your system. Uh, and again, your adrenal glands and your cortisol and your adrenaline flowing through your blood, blood if that keeps spiking up and down, that's what causes you to just feel under pressure and, and stressed. Uh, unfortunately, life is full of stresses from the moment you wake up in the morning till before you go to bed at night. And and I suppose part of the healthier lifestyle is to make you more stress resilient. I mean, that's re really the key. There's always going to be stress in your life. I still have a lot of stress in my life, but I'm able, I'm much more stress resilient now that I've made the simple changes. I know I mentioned in the lecture, you were talking about small things. I now walk a little bit more than I used to. Like I park my car a little bit further away from where I'm, my destination. So it makes me walk uh, a little bit extra. Uh, you get something like a Fitbit uh, just to count your steps during the day. I know I mentioned in the lecture and it's something I think is important that you know, if you're getting about 10,000 steps a day, it's just when your body's moving, uh, it's so much better. I know I've mentioned it before. I have a standing desk now 
in my office. So I'm standing up as I'm talking to you. And uh, when I started out, I could hardly stand for five minutes. And now I can spend eight hours a day uh, standing if I have to. Uh, and it just, you know, it's better for your posture. It's better for your, your, your blood flow. Uh, and it just makes you feel, feel a lot better, you know. And then I know the other key issue is sleep. Um, sleep is so important if you're not getting a good eight hour sleep because that's when your body, uh, I suppose, essentially rebuilds itself and rids itself of toxins and helps your muscles and your everything get uh, into peak condition. And if you're not sleeping properly, then it's just a vicious circle. You're, you're sleep deprived, you're stressed during the day and it just uh, snowballs. So that's why I had mentioned that book, the Sean Stevenson book. Uh, sleep smarter. That's a great book. But again, he takes a holistic approach and, it, and it's very important. You can't just look at your sleep. You have to look at your diet and you have to look at exercise. Uh, and again, you don't have to be doing anything out of the, out of the way. Uh, again, you were talking about simple changes. I was a terrible man for having a bun at 11 o'clock, uh, a sugary bun and a cappuccino with sugar in it, you know, and I just started cutting that out. Uh, uh, you can still eat uh, you know, buns and things. There are a lot of vegan ones where they don't use refined sugars in them, uh, and they use probably agave or you know natural sugars, and they're not as bad. They don't have as much impact on your on your system, you know. So, um, I know as after the lecture, I got a lot of very positive feedback, and one of the things I've been searching for now is a happy lawyer. Uh, and I spoke to solicitors and barristers, and I've yet to meet a happy lawyer, you know. And people often said to me, Kevin, you look reasonably happy. And I said, no, I'm content. I wouldn't describe myself as being, you know, particularly happy, you know. Yeah. Uh, and again, we spoke previously about, uh, I suppose, finding purpose in life uh, and you know, finding meaning uh, in, in what we do. Uh, and I know when I was burnt out or, or stressed, uh, I found very little purpose in my in my work. I remember I went to a, a retreat down in the Buddhist retreat center down in Jogunbera, and it was about stress management. And uh, there were a lot of nurses and doctors and teachers and different people there. And it was a very funny session where we were all asked, why did we do what we do, you know? And uh, I was actually last and everybody, the doctors and the teachers were talking about helping people and I was last. And I often like to make people laugh. You know, so the person who was leading the retreat goes to me, she goes, why are you a barrister? And I said, probably the top priority is for the money, I said, you know, and it was a big, sharp intake of breath uh, in the place, kind of kind of going, why is he here? You know, and I said, oh, well, I know I do like helping people as well, but that was probably the, the first thing that that sprung to my mind. And I suppose after that, I said, well, look, you have to make some kind of changes from your job, because one of the things I get constantly from my colleagues is that they're not particularly happy in their job. So I said, well, look, perhaps if I change my mindset uh, and look at perhaps how I can help people better. And ever since then, I probably one of my goals has been to help people. And I suppose that's why I got interested in the whole stress management end of things. Uh, and, you know, I'm keenly interested in giving lectures or advice to barristers and how they can help themselves. And I think it's very interesting that you talk about stress uh, and the impact that it has on barristers. I think COVID-19, the current situation has particularly given huge extra issues uh, and, and had a huge extra impact on barristers. 
given that some of the courts were closed for periods of time and work even more uncertain than before. Is there anything, um, any, I suppose, handy hints, tips, small little changes again that you can talk about that helps barristers and taking into account that there there is huge stress in a barrister's life probably anyway and how to manage that better? The things that I, I had said before was that uh, meditation and yoga are, are very important. Uh, and I know that during the, the lockdown, I spent probably twice as much time as I normally do uh, meditating. And I suppose that comes from that great quote that I used, I'm uh, only paraphrasing now from the Dalai Lama, where he says on an average day, he meditates for an hour. And on a busy day, he meditates for two hours. Uh, and I remember when I heard it first going, that's insane. But I mean, when you think about it logically, uh, or even emotionally, uh, you need meditation more when you're under greater pressure. Uh, there's a greater need for it because one, if you're calm and relaxed when you're in work or even when you're dealing with people, you're, able, you're better able to function. Uh, and I had a classic example on Wednesday of this week when I was up in the high court uh, in the in the PI list where we now have to wear masks in court. So, I mean, that's adding to your general levels of tension and stress, you know. Uh, and I suppose I was doing my breathing exercises, and I know we're going to mention it towards the end of the, the talk about little breathing exercises that you can do. But I mean, every day during the lockdown, everything you were getting was a stressor. How many people are infected? How many people are dying? I mean, the media was just rife with, uh, it's all negative, bad news. You know, I tried to cut down on my my feed, or my news feed and watching the news. I still clocked in every evening to watch Tony Hulahan, uh, you know, telling us to be safe. Uh, but I spent a lot of time during the lockdown doing more exercise, not strenuous exercise, walking a dog, doing a bit of running uh, and meditating. And I, I suppose generally when you had the extra time looking after yourself a little bit better. Uh, and I suppose the key is to, to do that on a daily basis. I get up a little bit earlier every day uh, to meditate in the morning. Uh, I try to meditate for 20 minutes in the morning and I, if I'm lucky, I get to do another 20 or 30 minutes uh, in the afternoon. And I tell my colleagues and my solicitors sometimes, you know, don't ring me between five and six because more than likely I'll probably go to be meditating. And, uh, you know, people accept that. And for somebody who's never meditated, Kevin, for somebody listening in on this who probably at one stage in their lives thought it was all a bit wishy-washy, but I think there has been a huge sea change over the last few years about meditation, about mindfulness, about just taking that moment to, to be in the moment. How can somebody who has never tried it before, has never really considered it before as something for themselves, how can they start? Uh, I actually like guided meditations myself. I don't, you're, I mean, you're not, don't be picturing me sitting in the lotus position uh, you know, repeating a mantra. I, I do that sometimes, but uh, I just find I get distracted. I much prefer guided meditations where you have somebody with a soothing voice telling you to relax. Uh, and with that in mind, I there's a fantastic website called doyogawithme.com and they have, must have 20 or 30 guided meditations on there for free. Uh, and there are different, uh, there's a lady called Jennifer Piercy uh, and she does yoga nidra sessions. And essentially what you do is you lie down on the ground or you could lie in your bed and she guides you through uh, a 20 minute meditation. Uh, and I have to say, I, 
would say we'd find, we'd find it difficult to find somebody who who listens to that for 20 minutes and doesn't feel more relaxed than when they started. Uh, so that would be probably a good place to start. Uh, and you could buy a book on mindfulness. You know, there's a great book by John Kabat-Zinn, who's one of the main guys who uh, does mindfulness. And he has a book quite simply called Mindfulness for Beginners. And that again has a, a CD at the back of it, which you can play. Uh, and it just gives you some guided meditations. Uh, I mean, and that's the best way to to get yourself uh, introduced to it. You've named a couple of these books and different people that and, and websites, and you've obviously done huge research into this area yourself, and you're very interested in it. And I think what we might do to accompany this podcast is we just have a, a very simple list of any websites and books that you would recommend, um, and we'll, we'll have them there so no one has to worry about trying to take them down quickly now. We, we will supply that list for them. And I, I know I had at the back of my lecture notes the whole reference section where I talked about different apps as well. I mean, there are a myriad of apps now where you can download uh, guided meditations and even give you reminders every day to do a little bit of meditation. Um, but I mean, the key with mindfulness, I suppose, is just being present in the moment and uh, focusing on what you're doing. Uh, like our conversation now, I'm just trying to concentrate on our discussion together and try not to think about the three consultations I have later on today and the fact that I have solicitors ringing me saying, Kevin, I need those papers by the 31st of July. What I'm doing, I, I'm planning tomorrow, I'm going on a day-long yoga meditation. Uh, my yoga teacher hasn't been doing classes during the lockdown and she's now found a COVID-friendly place where uh, you can go for a, a retreat. So I'm looking forward to that uh, for, for tomorrow. I mean, I'd strongly recommend that people perhaps look at doing yoga. Uh, again, there are loads of uh, free yoga classes online. Uh, there's that lady, Yoga with Adrienne on YouTube. She has probably in the millions of followers and she has free yoga classes online. Uh, I mean, yoga and meditation are very keenly linked together. Uh, and that's a, another way which I would recommend that people people do. And I think um, most people have found that COVID-19 has, has made them sort of pause a little bit and reconsider their lives. We hear a lot of people talking about the silver linings to this, uh, everyone taking it a little bit easier. A lot of uh, people aren't doing the same commuting every day. Uh, obviously, barristers were severely in, impacted by COVID-19 and the restrictions and the social distancing. You mentioned about having to wear masks in court and all the different changes that have had to be brought in, uh, certainly for the for the foreseeable. Is there anything else that you could say about how barristers might be able to help their work life balance now that they're looking at what things have been like for the last few months and the huge stress and everything that they have been under and concerns? But also maybe they've paused a little bit more, had more time maybe at home or with family. You've talked about the extra walking and, and other things that people can do and adding in meditation. Is there anything else that you feel barristers could do to bring more structure and balance to their lives one thing i'm not a fan of are, are mobile phones uh, and i've only in, in recent times uh, put my phone i have an iphone uh, and i changed it to black and white so my screen is now black and white uh, and it's actually amazing something so simple of turning your screen to black and white i now spend half the amount of time that i spend used to spend. Now, I don't spend much time scrolling on my, I'm not on Instagram, I'm not on Twitter, not on Facebook. Um, and 
you know, you don't like looking at your phone when it's in black and white for some reason. I don't know what the neurotransmitters in your brain are saying to you, but uh, that uh, and perhaps turning your emails off your phone or, or quite simply leaving your phone not in the bedroom at night is definitely one of the best things you can do uh, to enhance your night's sleep. Uh, and I suppose being diligent to turn your phone off during the day or putting it on silent. I mean, so many people now are, I love uh, watching people in restaurants. If you go into any restaurant now, you, I would say even people who are together have their phone beside them and it just causes a lack of concentration. People aren't present in the moment or they're thinking about what's happening or potentially happening on their phone. And I, I think if people turned off their phones a little bit more and uh, one thing we've had, I suppose, we've had more connections with people to a certain extent during COVID because we've had more time to have a chat and catch up. And I suppose we've all had to get used to Zoom and video conferencing, you know, and that that that, that is a benefit. Um, and I suppose you should set yourself goals as well and say, well, look, today I'd like to go for a little walk. And I suppose being able to set the time aside, even if it's five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, just to give yourself a little bit of extra, extra space uh, and quite simply, perhaps focusing on your breath while you're out for a walk. Uh, again, I'm not a big fan of headphones going out, uh, listening to music. If you're going out for a walk, you should probably be spending time in nature and just watching what's going on around you rather than trying to distract yourself all the time. It, it, it is certainly something everyone's been talking about, uh, being much more interested in watching birds now and nature and the sky. And I think I think a lot of people have noticed nature around them a lot more during the last few months. So maybe that's something that they started doing and they need to maybe continue doing that as life returns to some sort of normal. Um, you talked about the stand up desk. Um, you know, obviously more barristers are working from home maybe than before. Have you any other hints and tips for remote working, managing your time at home and how that works? Well, probably the best thing I did when I was trying to de-stress myself, my office used to be a little bit messy and unstructured. And I know it sounds very simple, but keeping your 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 office in a, in a clean state, you know, as in not having paper spread around the place. I, I know that sounds very facile, but... Definitely, since I've changed and had a more structured system, when you walk into the office, you're not met with papers everywhere, and which is a stressor in itself. And if you have everything kept in a kind of uh, a, a clean state, I, I read a great book by a, a Buddhist monk called Clean House, Clean Mind. I can't remember, he's a Japanese guy, but you'll you find it on, uh, I don't know if I've mentioned it in the reference section, but it's on Amazon, I think it was only a fiver. But essentially, he was saying, if you if you have if you lead a cleaner life, as in you keep things tidy, you'll be less stressed. And uh, it's amazing that uh, when you do something like that, if you leave a mess behind you, you have to come home to it in the evening time. Likewise, in work, if you leave a mess behind you, you have to uh, come to it first thing the next day, and that just kicks off your stress levels from from the start. And so that's that's something. Uh, and I, I'm a terrible man for procrastination and I've been trying to procrastinate less, you know, and by, I suppose we should keep lists of things to do and actually rather than just adding to the list, maybe tick things off the list. Um, and I think, yeah, setting yourself goals, daily goals uh, are mm -hmm. are important. Uh, you know, just say what you're going to try to achieve. Uh, and again, you may have to turn your phone off to allow you to achieve it because if you're in the middle of doing some important piece of paperwork and your phone rings 
you're totally distracted and it takes you twice as long to do. Uh, and uh, it's just, it can be difficult to do to put your phone on silent because we have this incredible need as barristers uh, to get more work <laughs> or to get some work, you know. But I've definitely become far more productive since I've made the changes and uh, my, my mind is a lot clearer uh, and I'm just able to get a lot more work done in a shorter space of time. And I don't work as hard as I used to. Uh, but then again, I think when you're not in good physical or, or mental condition, things are going to take you a lot longer to do. Absolutely. And then I suppose we're, we're coming towards the end and we might do a little breathing exercise at the very end. Uh, if you ask anyone to close their eyes, obviously don't do that if you're driving, listen to this. Um, but I suppose if you want to say to anyone listening to this, to the, a few take home messages, what would be the main things you'd like someone to take away with them today from listening to this? If you have stress in your life, I think probably the best thing you can do is there's an English GP called Dr. Rangan Chatterjee and he spells his name R-A-N-G-A-N and, and the second name is Chatterjee, C-H-A-T-T-E-R-J-E-E. -E. And he is a practicing GP in the UK, but he has written three books now and he's a fourth one coming out. But his best book for something like this is a book called A Stress Solution. Very simple book. Uh, but he thinks that 75 to 80 percent of the patients he deals with on a daily basis uh, are their illnesses are caused by stress. And he gives very simple tips on how to uh, to deal with stress on, on a daily basis. And I mean, that is a fantastic book. Uh, and again, he looks at the person from a holistic perspective, body, mind and spirit. That would be my best uh, guide I could give to somebody uh, to get that book uh, and read it. And I suppose the other key thing is to make change you're going to have to be proactive uh, and practice uh, what you read it's no point in reading the books if you don't put them into practice but i mean i've put everything well not everything i've read but most of what i've read it put into practice and i reaped huge rewards uh, and i can only say that it's not going to make your life any worse it'll probably make your life a little bit better uh, and I suppose the thing to do is to experiment and see what you like and what you don't like. Uh, but again, you should probably set yourself a goal of trying it for a week or maybe a month and say, well, if I meditate every second day or every day for, for a month, see how you feel at the end of the at the end of the month, you know, mm -hmm. and you'd be surprised. You can make time for for meditation or going for a walk. You just have to watch one less episode on Netflix or spend less time on Facebook or, you know, scrolling through your uh, newsfeed on your phone you know if you want to do what you can yeah there's plenty of time in the day when yeah, for yourself and that's important to make time for yourself i suppose is the is the key and that's a lovely note to finish on if you're happy to we might do a very quick um short sort of breathing session or some sort of just relaxation technique that any barrister can do um at any point in the day we might just do that for a moment if that's okay with you just to finish off yeah well that 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 uh breathing exercise you don't have to close your eyes for it and it's the one where i say i, I sometimes use in court uh, and it's to breathe in for three uh, you know a deep breath in your count counting in your in your mind uh, breathe in for three and then you hold it for four seconds uh, and then you breathe out for five i do that regularly whenever i can feel my heart rate and increasing or just if i'm feeling tension in my shoulders i might do that a couple of times and you just do it for repeated three, four, maybe five times. And it's amazing within the, a matter of a minute, you're, you're, what it does, it, it kicks in your parasympathetic system and it just lowers your heart rate uh, and just makes you feel a little bit more relaxed. Uh, you can do that for longer. 
uh, if you have the time. Uh, but I know myself, I get distracted very easy uh, and I can find it difficult. So, I mean, if we were to do that now, very simply, you just uh, you can close your eyes. You probably get more of a benefit if, if you close your eyes and then just breathe in for three. Hold for four. And then breathe out for five. And if you repeat that three or four times, maybe five times, you can do it. Nobody, you know, nobody has to see. You can do it uh, just unconsciously. Uh, people aren't going to notice that you're doing it. Uh, and it's just a way of resetting and re re rebooting your system. And uh, it, uh, it it definitely helps. And that's probably one of the best ones that you, that you can use. It's very simple, but uh, very effective. And I think simple and effective is exactly what a lot of your hints and tips that you've given us today are all about. Very small little changes that can make a big difference to help, as you say, reset and reboot uh, your life. I think we might challenge everybody who listens to this podcast to, if nothing else, to try that breathing exercise uh, and give that a go. And maybe try a little meditation or just even being aware of their breath and taking a moment to themselves and adding a little bit of extra exercise into their lives, a little bit less caffeine, alcohol and sugar, a little bit less meat and processed food. Um, and I think if everybody was able to take even though, make those small changes and take that out of this podcast, I think that could make a huge difference. And I know I said at the lecture and I mean, I'll say it again. If anybody wants to talk about it or wants to email me about it, uh, I have no difficulty in talking to people. Uh, I think it's so important that we do talk. Uh, and I know I mentioned before that we have the helpline uh, for the Bar Council for people who are under extreme pressure. Uh, it's so important to reach out and, uh, you know, ask for help. Uh, and it's not a sign of weakness. It's something that we we should be all uh, proactive about and uh, and be willing to discuss. And so, again, if people want, they can they can email me or ring me on the mobile. If I'm too busy, I'll tell you I'm too busy, but I'll probably ring you back. But I'm just saying, uh, I, I I love talking about it, uh, and I love perhaps being able to help people. So it's always good to know that there's somebody there that you can talk. And if I can't help you, I'll be hopefully be able to point you in the right direction. Uh, and I suppose that's that's the key message that I'd like everybody to to take out of today. Uh, very generous of you to give your time to this and also that offer to fellow members of the bar. Uh, I'd like to thank you very much, Kevin. It's, it's fascinating talking to you. I think we could talk a lot longer and talk about more and we may do that. We may explore some other areas uh, of interest at another time. But in the meantime, thank you very much to Kevin Byrne. Thank you. You're more than welcome. Thanks, Lindsay. Bye-bye. We'd like to remind members that the Bar of Ireland has a consult a colleague service, fully anonymous and peer delivered, if you wish to talk to someone in confidence. You can access further details through the member section of the website under the Professional Practice and Regulation and Personal Support Hub.